Balotelli. Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. Gavin keeps it. Skill on goal. Look at that pass. Hayden! Goal! Columbus! There are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross and Dempsey is denied again. And Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! This is the beautiful game. Oh, it's incredible! Described by two uglies. Stupendous! Welcome to Bone and Beam United. This is a thing of genius. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. There is no Beam today. Beamer is uh, on vacation, and that's all right. I found a guest to join me for the duration of this episode. We're going to talk a lot about the Save the Crew situation. In fact, we're going to talk about a film that is coming out called Save the Crew, The Battle for Columbus. The director of said film is Sean Kelly. Uh, I've known Sean for a few years now. He's a really great guy. If you remember previously, there was a Save the Crew documentary. He also produced that. Um, But as we get into this interview, you will hear that that is a little different, that particular film, than what's coming out uh, now. Thursday, June 24th at Gateway, uh, the Gateway Theater here in Columbus. You can go see this debut. The first showing already sold out. There are still, I believe, tickets available for the 9 p.m. and 10 p.m. showings that night. This is a 100-minute film. And uh, Sean... you're not considering this like a sequel to the first one, right? No, effectively, this 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 erase what you saw before. Anything anything you've seen before that is now null and void. This is essentially a new film. What was seen before was done as a community project to try and raise awareness to the Save the Crew cause. Now, now it's a now it's an entertainment film. Now it's a it's it's a film. Simply, here's what happened. Here's why it happened. Here's how everyone reacted as it was happening. Um, so there's no there's no end purpose to you know raise awareness. It's just simply this is actually what unfolded for 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 the sake of history. Yeah. So this is the piece that you would say you kind of want to stand and and that this will be something that if someone was watching who had no understanding of this entire situation, they could get it start to finish in one viewing. Correct. Yes. It. it, it Anything that's gone before is is deleted. You know, it's, it's deleted from circulation. This is the thing that will go out and stay out. This is the the definitive film, the one the one I'd always wanted to make, the whole story from from beginning to end. The joyous element from production is simply I had plenty of time to finish it. When when the Save the Crew movement was active, when it was actively trying to prevent the team from moving, there was always the feeling that we're racing against time, which, you know eventually either the team's going to stay we hope or the team's going to go and we have to get the the activism that's happening there's a, there's going to be a time limit to it like this is going to reach a conclusion so we need to get these these documents documentaries out so that people who are curious can see what it's all about and maybe get involved once the whole thing had ended then you could take a deep breath and say okay here's all the footage we got what do we do to make a film with it and you have plenty of time to make production you know artistic decisions like does this bit really need to be in do we need to do we need to go over the minutiae of columbus politics from 20 years earlier no that doesn't make it's not great viewing in a film it would have been great viewing if you're trying to understand something like you know you're going to get involved as an activist but that's now that does that goes away now we don't need to do that anymore 
So right. now it's just purely what what is the most interesting thing to the viewer as a as a film watcher. So that makes it a much more enjoyable watch. It's it doesn't get bogged down like we don't we we when we start talking about legal battles and blah blah blah. We really just concentrate on being in the stadium, being with the people who are actually doing the thing as it's happening in Columbus and in Austin. Um, and, and it's a much more of an emotion, emotional ride as a, as a response. You know, it's it's less of a it's less of a university lecture. Like here's why it's happening. It's more about the the actual the the bits you really want to see. I, I think that's really important too. I know you were in Austin for quite a bit of this, and you got some really great footage. I, I've heard of Anthony Precourt. Uh, you've talked to fans down there too. How important was it for you to kind of give the full story there so that for again, we're all, you know, I'm a crew fan. A lot of people are going to watch this are crew fans, but there are going to be a lot more people that are going to be exposed to this and see this who don't have a stake either way. And it's just at that point as a filmmaker, I'm sure you have to tell the entire story, which involves everyone's motivations. And those are unlike in Hollywood. Those are a little more complex, right? Right. And I always felt that if I tell the Columbus side of the story alone, then it, it discredits the narrative it, or you're, you're getting one side of the story. And when you do that, it's like you're whitewashing the truth. You know, you haven't made an effort to get the other side. And it doesn't matter if you think if you, if you are in complete disagreement with the other side, as I was, I was firmly on the save the crew side. And I made that clear to everyone in Austin. I didn't hide whose side I was on. But as a filmmaker, you can't approach it like that. You've got to say, I have to go and get their side. Because otherwise, it's people will watch the film and just think, okay, well, that's great. Okay, I guess everyone in Columbus thinks that they are the greatest thing in the world and nothing they've ever done has been a bad decision and the world is against them. And that gives a that can foster resentment. If you actually include the pushback and say, well, you know, there were things in Columbus that weren't right in the first place and they weren't listening and blah, blah, blah. If you get, if you get into that, then it adds validity to the argument you know that you and i probably agree with which is in spite of that yes that part is true yes that is in there however on balance you still you know you, you're still gonna you and i are still gonna think well it would still be better to keep the crew in columbus maybe maybe other people would say no i i think you know they should have they should have left columbus maybe judging by the uh judging by the Twitter reaction from fans in Cincinnati since they found out this film was going out. Um, <laughs> maybe they think the Columbus crew should have left. But uh, 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 irony, yeah. irony, uh, irony of ironies, there is a whole segment that was shot in Cincinnati with Cincinnati fans. And I was there when the Cincinnati fans came up the freeway to um, attend uh, a game at Crew Stadium in support of Save the Crew. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I really, I, it wasn't just Austin I did. I, you know, I went to Cincinnati as well. So... Um, you know, I really tried to get all sides of the story. You know, I went to New York and shot with Grant Wall, tried to get a neutral perspective, almost an, an MLS global perspective. Sure. Um, to make sense of this film, to make sense of the story, which is a very complicated story. You know, it's it, it, it's very difficult to boil that down into an hour and a half. The fan battle, the idea of saving the team, is a simple concept, but how we actually ended up in that situation is a tricky. It's a tricky thing to tell an audience without getting bogged down in the minutiae, like I mentioned before. I had to be ruthless and say, no, this has got to go. Like, if someone else wants to make this film about how Austin FC came into being, fine. But that's what not what this film's about. This is about why the Columbus crew still exists. 
I, I am so fascinated by that perspective too, because I love watching documentaries. Something I think many people get wrong about documentaries is they assume that they are told without a perspective. They are told just here are all the things that I saw. Here's what happened. That's that. Every documentary has at least a narrative. Some, some have even a, a, a bias or a point or something they're trying to say, but almost every, any documentary I've ever seen has a story they are telling. And that is based somewhat on what actually happened, obviously, but also the footage you have and the, the way you have to put all together. So I, I can't imagine the challenge that was, and and I'm sure you, I'm sure you enjoy that challenge. That's why you do this, but also I'm sure that is incredibly difficult. It, It felt like a moral responsibility, honestly, because I've seen in the um what two and a half years since this ended since the crew were saved i've seen programs discussing save the crew and i've noticed that there is almost no footage there's a few there might be a few archive pieces of news footage and that's it and then you've got talking heads in the present in the present day just describing what happened back in the day when you know this is how it started blah 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 well, I, I knew that I was in the very unique position of having the footage of all of it. So I knew I have to get the film out. Like, I, I, it is my moral obligation to the city of Columbus and the Columbus Crew fans that this film must go out. Even if this is only a volunteer project, I'm not getting paid for it. I'm still not getting paid for it. But it has to go because I, there's, I know that there's so much in this film where people will go, I, I can't believe this footage exists. How, how did you get this? When I showed, when I did a, a screening of the rough cut to the Save the Crew, um, you know, senior, senior, um, what do you want to call them, committee, um, there were a number of instances where they went, I can't believe you have this. How do you, <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I didn't know this existed. Oh my God, I can't believe this is on camera. Um, so that's quite gratifying because you think, okay, well, if you're reacting like that, then imagine how the general audience is going to react. Imagine how Columbus crew fans will, will react when they see some of this stuff, especially especially the pre-court stuff. No one's got that. Yeah. So what what do you think is the most compelling piece of footage that you have? Um, the pre-court sequence is, it, it's very eye-opening. It's probably immensely satisfying to watch for anybody in Columbus because there there is a certain schadenfreude that will descend because you see him squirming in his seat, shaking his head, throwing a hissy fit. Um, For those who don't know, and, or what, what? Where is this footage that you're talking about? What, like, what is the situation? Was, the, the the situation is is that it's the day of the Austin City Council vote on whether to approve uh, land for the state for what is now Austin FC Stadium. Uh, what 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 has subsequently been built there? But it's the day of the vote, and they're and they're not sure whether they're going to win it. Um, and that is discussed in the run-up to that scene. Um, and in the chamber, um, I was watching pre-court like a hawk, as you can imagine. And what he didn't know was that I had uh, what we call a shotgun mic um, on the end of the camera, which is it was kind of it was kind of on an extender, so it looked like an anteater's nose sticking out at the end of my camera. But what he didn't know is that it was pulling the audio from exactly what I was looking at, no matter how far away they were. So he would be talking to his lobbyists. And I could hear what he was saying, and he didn't know I could hear what he was saying. But because we were in a, a public chamber, legally, uh, you know, you couldn't stop me from filming. 
it wasn't it was not possible and i had checked with austin city council in advance is this legally allowed yes it's fine so i got a lot of the i probably got more emotion from anthony precourt in this film than in every other piece of film that's ever been shot of the guy um and and not all of it's negative there there's as i said there's hissy fits there's shaking head there's sighing there's one point where he gets a pep talk from a friend of his which is astonishing um there's another point where he's arguing with his lobbyists there's another point where obviously when he wins the vote you know wipes the tears away um and then of course the famous confrontation with the city council member leslie Poole, who was his nemesis throughout and of course famously came to columbus to confer with the save the crew people because she wanted to know information on what he was really like uh, that's also in the film. Leslie Poole actually um, did an interview for the film. So there's a lot of explanation around that. But yes, the pre-court sequence, no one got pre-court. I was the only guy who did. Did he ever agree to sit down with an interview for you? No, I was trying. And I really extended you know, a lot of olive branches to him. And I said, you know, it would, you know, the first step towards moving on from this is... If you sit down for an interview with me, I'm not from Columbus. I'm not even from America, but you know I'm making a film about it. I, this wasn't me saying it to him. I was saying right. it to uh, his his lobbyist, Richard Suttle, uh, who did meet with me. Uh, I said, so pa please pass this message on. We, you know, we come in peace. Um, but if you sit down with me and say, you know what? What I did in Columbus, I'm so sorry. I, I completely misjudged it. I thought that nobody really cared anymore in Columbus. I should have tried harder. It all, it's all on my shoulders and I deserve the, the negativity that I get in Columbus. My bad. But I genuinely thought that it was all over in Columbus and it was never going to work. And that's, you know, if he said that, I'm not saying that everybody would draw a line under it and say that, okay, well, all is forgiven. But it's the first step to saying, okay, so he does actually have some form of human emotion, but by continuing to stay silent and, and, and ducking, just ducking the questions all the time, being slippery, that just makes it worse. Um, and of course, there was that there was you may have seen that the presser that he did immediately after winning that vote when Chris Bills of uh, the Austin American Statesman asked him, what do you say to fans in Columbus right now? And that's the first time someone had put the question directly to him and the reaction, which I got better than, I, I got his reaction better than the TV cameras because I'd been following him for hours. Um, yeah, that's probably quite satisfying to watch him grimace and go, oh, make me disappear right now. Just take me away from here. Um, but I try, I, I mean, I really tried. I really wanted him in the film. I wanted him to to, to have a chance to tell his side. But um, yeah, he, he just kept ducking me the way he ducked everybody else, I'm afraid. So yeah, it's his own fault. Yeah. This, essentially, this film is his fault. And that's... <laughs> I, none of us would have had to do any of this but for him. So well done, him. I think definitely there is foolishness there. And I also think, and this is just my own perspective, I think if you enter into almost any relationship with an out built in, it's almost a guarantee the out's going to be taken. You know, like if you enter a marriage, yes. it's like, hey, if after a year we don't like living with each other, we can all go. I'm going to go over to this other lady's house. Like, <laughs> I think right, it's almost exactly. a guarantee yeah, in a year you're going to end up over there and you're not going to be there. So I think that he didn't realize at the time how difficult it would be to make the first option work when the section second option was there on the table. He didn't have the push factor to make option one work. 
because he always knew in the back of his head, look, do I really need to bother? I've got this shiny new thing down in Texas that I can do if this doesn't work. So, all right, we'll make a a half-assed effort. And, you know, if it works, it works. Great, you know. And if it doesn't, well, I get the shiny new thing. You know, it's... It's like it's a bit like saying like kind of you know I I you can you can build a Ferrari from scratch you know or you can have the one that's already made for you over down this new place like oh well yeah. whatever yeah so it's, I why, think, why it, would you put the time and effort to rehab something that you need right. no need some repairs and some fixing versus something that is brand new and comes with no strings and yeah it's a it's certainly so something it, that is it adds depth to the story and an understanding of where where this all kind of went wrong um let me ask yeah. you and, and i'm not and i'm not i'm not um i'm not um covering his ass on this no. i mean i no don't all worry. the way through i've always thought what a terrible it, it's terrible what you're doing and i always I, it's, there were some times when i was looking down the lens at him right in the eye and there were a couple of times he looked me direct in the eye in in the in the camera and i half of me wanted to say you're an asshole sure for doing what you're doing and also the fact that I've had to come all this way to sit here and point a camera right up to your nose <laughs> and still you won't say anything. I, I just, but, I, I empathize but, with that only is. because we, a lot of us in Columbus were sitting watching those same meetings on our laptops or on a desktop or wherever, cause they were streaming them. And I remember some of them going until way late in the night and yeah, you know, just, yeah. That whole situation was just like, why do we all have to do this? I think that's the big thing I kept coming back to is why does any of this have to be happening? Why? Why? There's well, an again, easy solution. Find a buyer, sell the team, move, go open a new team in Austin and let's just do it. And I thankfully, that's what ended up happening. I just wish it hadn't taken so much struggle. Yeah. But even in that situation, you know, pre-court could sort of scurry away to the corner to his seat and there was no media filming. They all had their camera set up back of the room you know, in, in news fashion on the tripod, just shooting general shots of anything that happens at the dais. No, I didn't do that. I had my steady cam going and I was wandering around the room, pointing the camera directly in his face. You mm. know, instead of instead of getting the backs of the heads, I was getting the nose, the eyes, I was getting the emotion up close. And you can tell how uncomfortable he is when you see the footage because he really is not used to that. Yeah, I I tend to think that's going to be one of the most compelling pieces of this as well. Having not seen it, obviously, but just knowing kind of the the narrative and the story that exists, I think that will be fascinating for a lot of people. Um, Let's switch gears and talk about the day the crew were saved. Um, Where were you? What were you doing? And and how much of that ended up in the film? Well, this this required a a change in in the the way the film's format is presented to you because what happened was that day which was what october the 12th i think it was 2018 that's um i started the day in the ohio state house chamber i was on the the, i was on the floor of the ohio state house with uh mike duffy who as you may recall was influential in in pushing the modell law which was the thing that allowed the then Attorney General Mike DeWine to sue, uh, file suit against Major League Soccer that you can't move a team that's used public funds on their facility uh, without giving notice that someone local can buy it first. Um, And that's all in the film. Mike DeWine is in the film. Mike DeWine did a sit-down interview for this film. So, you know, we got everybody, literally. I mean, we got him, we got the mayor of Austin. He did a sit-down for me. 
anybody who's anybody except Precourt is in it. Um, so that day I was talking to Mike Duffy and, and it's, it's very serendipitous the way this happened. But as we're talking, as we're doing the interview, our phones are buzzing and we had to stop what we were doing for a second to check the phones like well, bloody hell, what's going on and we both check our phones and one of the one of the messages i got and you hear me say this in the film off camera you might want to finish your film today was one of the messages i got um so we carry on doing the interview and eventually we, we get like a little way into it and eventually like just stop stop the phone's just ringing off the hook what's going on and um, we're both eventually like huh it's it's all blowing up something big's coming and then we're directed, you know, go to Endeavor, um, go to Endeavor Brewing, something big's coming. So that's how we present it in the film. It's literally, okay, I, I, I say off camera to Mike, let's stop, let's go to Endeavor. So it's like we stop the interview in the, mid, you know, in the middle of the film. We're like, okay, stop that. We're not talking about that. Let's get to Endeavor and find out what's going on. So that's exactly how it goes in the film. And we get to Endeavor. I, I got to Endeavor at probably lunchtime, 12 o'clock sort of time. And any crew fan who was there will never forget it. You know, the, the events of that day were so visceral. And um, it, it went from, we don't know why we're here, but we're, but we're told it's good, <laughs> to <laughs> everyone checking, you know, everyone checking their phone. You know, I've got loads of footage of people checking their phones, updating Twitter, what's happening, what's happening, what's happening. Then we get the moment, you know, when the news breaks that pre out as the investor operator in Columbus. So there's the first, you know, there's the, the that sort of moment where the, the dictator is deposed. Um, and then we're, we have that brief period of sort of interregnum period of, okay, so pre-court's gone from Columbus. Some, is someone coming in to save the crew? Is that what's happening? Um, and then that day there was a save the crew meeting there. And I got that. That's in the film as well. Uh, and then there was the big announcement that went out on, on live TV that's in the film as well. And then of course there's just pandemonium and everyone's cheering and there's, you know, people getting up on the tables and all that's, yeah, it, it's all in there. So, you know, going from in, in the course of an hour and a half, you're going from a group of volunteers that I shot with in November, 2017, all in the back room, you know, in civvies. And you're thinking, you know, the, the untrained eye is thinking these people have got no chance. These people think they're going to stop Major League Soccer and some millionaire from moving this team. They, they, who's having a laugh? This is never going to work. You know, admirable though it is, it's never going to work. And 12 months later, there we are at the end of the film, and it's worked. It's actually happened. And you're just like, you must be joking. How did you do that? Well, but, everyone... You know, they cover, they I mean, covered every base. Everyone that I know that has heard this story has said they should make a movie about that. You've done that. You've you have made a film about this and you're right. I mean, it is one of those stories that every well, not every, but a lot of great movies over time, fictional movies have had those stories, right? Of the little engine that could the the guy that no one thought could make the football team, you know, and then suddenly he's Rudy, you know, that every great story has something like that. Right. And this is. This is real. This happened, and you were there every step of the way. I think it's going to be a, a really great thing to see, and I'm excited to see what the final product looks like. Even though, of course, I've seen little clips of it, I lived some of it. Um, I, you know, watched some of it unfolding from different camera angles, you know, from other TV cameras mm. that that had some of the footage. But I'm sure yours is going to be tremendous. And then, obviously, so many things we didn't get to see, and so many things we don't even know. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait for this to come out. Yeah, and I can't, I can't wait for fans to see it because I know 
you know, I'm, I always, I said at the time, like I was this transient, you know, I'm, I'm not from America and my, my home base was always in California, although my wife's from Columbus, which is how I got involved. But, um, I, I couldn't live the emotion to the depths of the people with whom I was filming. And I always felt like major league soccer, pre-court Dave Greeley, they're all saying, they're all telling everybody, look at the shiny thing. Look at the shiny thing in Austin. Isn't it shiny? It's lovely. This is the new thing we're going to have. It's going to be wonderful, fantastic. Everybody wins, right? And all the way through, I thought, there's nobody here filming the reality of this. This is actually their shiny thing, so-called shiny thing, is doing this to all these people who have been nothing but completely loyal to this club for a generation. And I thought, if I, if I put this camera down, this won't exist it like it will be this story will be gone no one is getting it so it was always it was the the fans in columbus saved the crew and my camera saved the story of how they saved the crew and this is the, the film that will will stand as the uh, is the document the, the document on record of that and i always think that you know a generation from now people will still talk about how a bunch of fans mobilized an entire fan base to save a club. And hopefully now they'll be able to point people to this film and say, here's how it went down in real time with the people as it happened. I think it's a, a great story. And and the only thing I'll add to that is it has changed my perspective going through that. And I think it will change the perspectives. People who see this film, many of them, when you see a team move and you hear the narrative of like, well, nobody watched, nobody cared. There's always someone that cared. There may not have been enough in some situations to save a team, or they may not have had some of the different things occur that allowed for that to be stopped here. But I, I think this film is very instructive because we see that all the time. There's teams right now that are, they're talking about moving various teams. Minnesota just, you know, going to get purchased, it looks like, by Alex Rodriguez and a different group. And the talk is they're going to move it to Seattle. You know, people will instantly yeah. write that off and say, oh, well, Minnesota, they probably don't care. It's like, no, there definitely are people who care. I'm guilty of that, too. You know, I, it, it, it's, it's easy to look at it from the outside and say, well, yeah, but they're, you know, they're not getting big crowds. You know, maybe the city doesn't really care. It's quite different when you watch a film like this and you're in the Nordic with the people who were there for a US, you know, an early US Open Cup game. There might be like 4,000 people. 4,000 people is quite a lot of people. It's, you know, it doesn't seem like a lot of people in a 20,000 seat stadium. But when you're in there and the, you know, the cameras with the 4,000 people, you realize there's a lot of passion here, you know, and there's a lot of passion because of this team. This is the thing that is their life. How can you, you can't take that from them. Um, and we and we get into that in the film. It's not just a whole thing about politics and stuff like that. There's a lot of human emotion around the team playing games, because that's ultimately what you know. That's the catalyst for all this is being in the stadium, watching the team play. Um, and there are a lot of scenes that depict that as well, because you don't want to get away from the fact that that this is the thing they enjoy. We come together like this. We have our game together, and most of us, don't, we don't see each other when we're not in the stadium. We know each other from being crew fans. We just see each other at, at the games. And that's, that's, that, that community element is depicted as well because I wanted people to know, like, okay, so maybe, maybe it didn't look like attendance was great at the time, but deep down in there, there's a lot of people who really cared a lot, and I wanted to make sure people saw it. After it debuts at uh, Gateway on June 24th in Columbus, how will people be able to watch this if they're not able to make it to that? It will go out on uh, region-free 
worldwide YouTube release on COPA 90. Um, and that is scheduled to go out after the conclusion of the UEFA European Championships and the Copa America, because uh, Copa 90 quite rightly pointed out that if we put it out in the middle of that, it'll just get swept away on a tidal wave of international football, which, you know, if you want an international audience, that's probably not a good move. Okay, yeah, fair enough. We, we strongly agreed that it was important that the Columbus audience saw the film on the weekend that Columbus played Austin. That was the kicker. That was the weekend where we said that's when everyone's going to revisit this story. They're going to say, hey, remember when I said, you know, we've got to put this out that weekend. That has to be. Let's remind ourselves what everyone went through for this, the, the glory that is Columbus crew going into Austin as the reigning champions. It is quite phenomenal. Sean, I appreciate the time on this and, and can't wait to see the final product. Yeah, I, I can't wait. I, I can't wait to not not have to do it anymore. I'm sure just like everybody else on Save the Crew, it's like, this is it. Like, this is the end. Like, there's no more save, there's no more save the Crew after this. There's no other, like, this is the end of, end of everything. From now on, it's a new era, new stadium, you know, new ownership group, champions of Major League Soccer. And it's like, okay, this is the, the end. Indeed. A fine ending for this saga, and I'm glad that it's all over. Our thanks again to Sean Kelly for joining us on Bone and Beam United. You can follow Sean on Twitter, at VirtualStatMan. In his day job, he is a Formula One statistician for like every network that covers Formula One. So if you like that, then you definitely want to follow Sean because if you like soccer and F1 and you don't follow him, you're kind of missing the boat there. Uh, but I can't wait to see the film, like we said, and uh, thanks again to him. You can still get tickets if you would like to. They are available to you. Uh, the best way to do that is to go to gatewayfilmcenter.org. And there are still showings at 9 p.m. and 10 p.m. on Thursday, June 24th. Of course, it will also be released online, as he said, on YouTube. Look for Copa 90's YouTube channel to find that and catch this when it comes out. Thanks again. We will talk to you next week right here on Bone and Beam United.